0: Well, good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to God's Stories number eight, I believe. So uh, we're going to get started. It's eight o'clock a.m. And I'm sure some of these guys will get on in just a minute. But um, I want to read a scripture uh, for this story uh, because this story concerns uh, the time when the Lord was showing me uh, how to recognize love. Because if you start recognizing love and recognizing somebody else's love, you'll find love come out of you as well. So I just want to read it before we get started. And it's in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, uh, I'll just start in the fourth verse. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy and love does not parade itself. And it's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, it is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. And uh, when I was going through this thing, where's, I got my, come on Alec. We've got Allie here. She always wants to get up in my lap. You say good morning. Good morning. (laughs) But uh, one thing I've learned about love, even when, if you've ever been in love, you know, you can endure the person with their flaws because you love them. And it's really not hard. It it just comes natural because you're more in love with them and you're more focused <laughs> on your love than the flaws. And, uh, you find yourself not behaving rudely and, uh, you bear a lot of things with them because you love them. Love always, you know, at times even brings hope for that person that you love. And that's kind of one of the things that the Lord showed me in this, this story in a Some of you probably out there have heard this story, but it's one of our favorites. (laughs) It's a little bit strange, but it's, it's a good one. Of course, all these have been kind of strange if you've been tuning in on God's stories. But, uh, there was a time where I got invited to go hunting and, uh, never been hunting at this place. And it was a kind of a club type hunting place and. When I drove up, uh, along with my friend, uh, I got out of the car, and all these other rednecks were standing around. You know, it's dark, real early in the morning, smoking, you know, cigarettes, talking, and you know, grumbling, complaining, you name it. Uh, if you've ever been at a deer camp, it's uh, not doesn't seem too healthy in the air. <laughs> but for a man, sometimes a redneck is good. But uh, anyway. I got out of the truck and I started to, to walk into the, you know, the crowd that was standing around. And the head guy uh, turned around and, and looked at me and, and looked at my friend that brought me. And he says, you know, why in the blankety blank did you bring him here? And, of course, he was cussing up a storm. I won't say exactly what he was saying. i use blankety blank. And uh, my friend said, oh, it's, it's okay. He's a good hunter. I thought I'd bring him. And, uh, see if we can put him on some deer. And he looked at me and he goes, can you even blankety blank hunt? And, and I said, yeah, I can hunt. And I started laughing, uh, just for a moment and smiling because I could see love coming out of this guy, even though he had this, you know, frown on his face and looking at me and cussing up a storm. He said, and he said, I will see about that if you can hunt. And so he started telling everybody to go, you know, what spot they're they're uh, pointed to, and of course everybody was a little bit quiet. But when he started picking on me, and I just kept smiling, you know, at him as he was talking and ranting and raving, and and uh, he he turned around, and he goes, "Why are you smiling? And get get that smile off your face." And I just I shook my head. I said, "I don't know. I'm just smiling, man. I'm just good, glad to be here." And he just shook his head and he, when he shook his head and he turned around, and he went to go get in his truck. He goes, you're going with me. And of course I could feel all the other rednecks saying, Oh Lord, here he goes. He's going to let him have it, you know? And so my friend took off to his, uh, deer stand and he was, I was going to have to ride with him and he was going to take me to a deer stand that he knew. And we're in the, we had to get in this real small, uh, Toyota truck and you can imagine it's just for two people and it was like sitting beside each other on an airplane we were you know two big guys and he's just letting me have it he said he said I'm going to take you out here to this uh this stand and there's going to be an eight point buck that's going to come out on the right hand side and when he comes out I want you to shoot him now if you miss him you might as well just stay up there because I'm going to come up there after you shoot him after you miss him and I'm going to kick your blankety blank. Do you understand me? And I just smiled and I said, yeah, I understand. And he said, and get that blankety blank smile off your face. And I couldn't I couldn't get that smile on my face because somehow I knew that he was loving me. And uh, I don't know if you've ever met people like that. But ever since then, uh, there's a lot of people that talk like that. You may be offended in your mind, but uh, you'll find out sometimes that's the only way that they can love. So I get up, of course, and he he said, now, don't get out of that stand until I come and pick you up. And he said, if you get down off that stand, I see you down off that stand. When I come, I'm going to kick your blankety blank. Do you understand me, boy? And I I just smiled. I said, yeah. He said, get that blankety blank smile off your face. And I was like, okay. And so he took off and this, sure enough, probably about two hours, the the eight point buck comes out and he turns and walk starts walking away from him, from me. And, you know, I get a little bit nervous and uh, because I know that him walking away from me is not going to be a good shot. And of course, I shoot anyway, uh, like an idiot. And uh, and I missed him. And sure enough, you know, I'm waiting there till dark and here comes the the guy that has the land and he steps out of his truck. He goes, well, did you get him? I said, well, he said, you missed this blankety blank. And I said, yeah, actually, I." and I started to try to explain. He said, don't even explain it. You sorry, blankety blank. Get in the truck. Now, that deer's never going to come back. I'll tell you what, I sh- they shouldn't have never brought you out here blankety blank. And I was still smiling while I was in the truck. And he said, now get that smile off your face. And man, I just kept smiling and he cussed me all the way back to the, to the camp. And it was lunchtime. And, and of course we get out and everybody's standing around and, and he just lets me have it in front of everybody. And I'm still smiling at him. And he's telling me to get the smile off my face. And, and, of course, everybody, you know, is a little bit embarrassed for me. I'm really not that embarrassed because I can just feel something coming out of him that's actually good. But he just keeps telling me to, you know, not smile and get that blankety-blank look off my face. So, long story short, he uh, everybody gets in their truck and they're leaving. Most everybody got their deer. I'm about to leave and he, and he said... Uh, Hey Brad, and I said yes, sir. And he said, uh, "You be back here at two o'clock." I said, "What for?" He said, "Because I'm gonna take you to a place that's got a deer. You hadn't killed a deer. You can't shoot where the blankety blank. So I'm gonna put you on another stand. You blankety blank." So uh, I thought, okay, and so I, I went to Bojangles, got something to eat, and I came back, and sure enough, he's waiting. We go to this swamp, and we get out of his truck and walk back there to the back of the woods. And, and, uh, he's, he's even whispering, you know, and when he whispered, he, <laughs> he was even cussing in his whispering. He goes, and when we get to the stand, he said, uh, now you get up in that stand. He said, and you be quiet. You hear you saw it blankety blank. And he said, uh, there's going to be another eight point buck's going to come up through here. It's going to stand right here on this dry piece. And he said, I want you to shoot that blankety blank. And he said, if you miss that blankety blank, I'm just going to kill you. And so I got up there and he was whispering when I got up there, he goes, now, listen, I've got to go to church. I'm a deacon at the church. And <laughs> he said, you just text me when you shoot him and I'll come get you. And I said, okay. And I'm smiling. And he just, he looked at me as I was smiling, and just shook his head again. And so, uh he went to church as a deacon and, uh, and so I'm waiting there and it's getting dark and uh, sure enough, here comes this big old, uh, buck and, and I shoot him and I finally got him. And so I texted him and, uh, he, I knew it was still church time. And, uh, so I texted him. I said, I got him. And he texted me back while he was at church. He said, you keep your blankety blank up in that stand till I get there. And so I was just sitting there laughing as he was texting me, you know. And uh, I'm surprised he didn't say, get that blankety blanky smile off your face with the text. But as many times I smiled, he had to know I was smiling. And so he, I can hear him coming through the woods. And he's standing there and I'm waiting on him. Get there, and he looks up at me. He said, Well, get your blankety blank off that stand. And uh we walked over there, and sure enough, the buck's there. And he looks at me and he goes, Well, I'm not going to carry him out. He said, You're carrying him out. He made me drag that deer probably 500 yards, big old buck, through this swamp. And as we're dragging him, he's criticizing me. Look at you, you can't even carry this thing, blankety blank. And, and I'm just smiling. Of course, back then it's dark and the big moons out. We get to his truck and, and, uh, of course I'm going to need some help putting it in. And we start to lift it and we put it in the truck and all of a sudden he just stops and I can't see his total face and he's just sitting there. And, uh, so I look and, I I see the reflection of the moon off of his face. And I see these tears coming down and I'm thinking, Oh Lord, he's either having a heart attack or something. And, uh, I said, you okay. And he looked at me and the, and the moon shined in his face and he had tears running all down his face. I said, you all right. And he looked at me and he said, he said, you're the only one that's ever been able to recognize how I love people. And, uh, I just lost it. I started crying because it was, I guess through the whole time when I was smiling and, uh, loving him, it was pulling out more love in him and it was just crushing him, you know, in his heart in his own heart. And he stood there and I said, what do you mean? Because he said, I know I'm a little bit rough. He said, but, If I'm not cussing you and giving you a hard time, I'm not really loving you. And, uh, I said, I totally understand. He goes, well, how did you, how do you understand that? He said, I was a, you know, I was abused. I I grew up in a hard, you know, family, a hard time. And this is all I've known. But when you stepped out of that truck, he said, you know, there was just something about you that I, I really liked. I said, well honestly, I I I probably wouldn't have recognized it and recognized how you was loving me if it wasn't for Jesus. Cause he I used to be the kind of the same way. Real rough and and mean at times or tough. And sometimes if I was tough on you, I was I was loving you. And he just he just hugged me. We just hugged each other there in the moonlight. <laughs> and then he pulled me away from him. He said, Now nah, don't you tell anybody about this? He said, cause I got a good reputation around here. <laughs> and, uh, from then on, uh, we were really close friends, but I can tell you, uh, what I've learned from that thing, by the way, he put me on his, his best stand. Uh, he'd been watching this deer for a year and he gave me his best. And I look back now and, uh, you know, if the Lord hadn't have dealt with me or talked to me of of how to recognize people's love instead of their flaws, I probably would have been offended and gotten back in my truck when this guy started, you know, cursing me and, you know, and trying to embarrass me in front of everybody and let me have it on the way to the stand. I probably would have just told him to, turn it around but uh i look back uh of course being older now and being able to learn some of this stuff i'm still learning it now i look back and i see how the lord treated me uh he was always loving me just as i was loving this guy supernaturally of course i you know, I was learning how to love. We all learn how to love. You can't just learn love instantly unless it's just supernatural, which is very rare. Um, we, the Bible says we've got to, we learn how to love and we grow in love. But I, I look back and I see how Jesus treated me when I was a mean, you know, junkyard dog. Uh, he was always loving on me. And I'm sure he was just like that night He, when I was messing up. You know, he still had a smile on his face because the Lord can see the love that he put in you. And that's what he looks for. That's what he looks for. That's what he, That's what he looks at. He doesn't look at us through the eyes and the lenses of criticism or critical judgment. He looks through the eyes of love. And when you look through the eyes of love... <clears throat> Yeah, the love in you uh, even comes out. Once you see their love, it pulls love out of you, and you start wanting to love them even more. And I and I read this, you know, uh, several times uh, in First Corinthians four, where it says, "Love suffers long and it is kind." Uh, I look at all these dimensions of what happened that night with this guy because I was really loving him. I wasn't trying to do a Christianese type love. You know, because I was a Christian, uh, I, I can't do that. You know, I have to be myself. You, what you get is what you see is what you get. And uh, and I know that even though I, I suffered long with that guy and suffered the shame and suffered the criticism, I was more focused on uh, this love that I had for him and seeing the love that he was bringing to me, I couldn't even really hear, you know, and be be offended at all the cussing and all the cursing that he was doing to me because I could feel out of that stuff, he was still loving me. And uh and I got to maybe just taste a little bit of how the Lord looks at us and how the Lord can hear things in us that we can't hear. You know, there's people out there that probably think that they're terrible and they're trying to love the best that they can. And the Lord's excited about that. He's excited about how you're loving it. And at least you're trying. And that's one thing that I know this guy was doing. He was trying to love, but that was the only way he knew how to love is just to give you a hard time. And those that recognized it, which evidently nobody recognized it at the time, except maybe the Lord and me, I guess. And, uh, When that happened, it really brought hope into this man. It was like it made him feel like he was okay, Even though he was a rough guy, he finally met somebody that could see him, you know. And I believe the Lord wants that with us. He wants a people that can really see people, that can really see them through the eyes of love and really see the love that they're really carrying. Because every one of us have an incorruptible seed inside. and It's called the love of God. And if you love that part of that person, it will cause that seed to grow. If you'll water it, you know, most of us when we start loving people and see that love in other people, we'll find ourselves watering people instead of putting people on a fast. <laughs> you never You walk up to a, a beautiful plant, you know, and, uh, and it's if it's dry, you'll wanna water it. you wanna help it. That's just it's to us that's kinda of natural. But when it comes to human beings, it's it's like we've we've been taught by Satan when they're dry and they're bitter, they they look like they're they're uh a throwaway. That's the time you've gotta water that plant because we're all those God's plants. We're like trees and we've gotta be those trees that are planted by water and to share our water to with others. And, uh, and if we can just, if we can water dry, bitter, uh, plants that are drying up, I'm sure we can use the water that the Lord's given us to water the world, to water people. I mean, he said, if we believe on him out of our bellies will flow rivers or streams of living water. And, uh, where does the living water go? I mean, it can't go to ourselves or we'll back it up. It backs up into a dam. So it has to go out to somebody, has to go out to somebody that's dry, that has to goes out to somebody that actually needs it, just like the Lord does with us and so i'm going I'm going to read this thing one more time because uh I see all the dimensions you know that we me and this guy walked through and uh and I realize, even though to everybody else that was a tough time, and they were embarrassed for me. I thought it was a great time and didn't even recognize some of these, you know, negative things about people. It says love suffers long and is kind. And love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. <clears throat> and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't behaving rudely. It was, it was crazy. I was suffering long. You know, I wasn't being provoked. I was being kind. It was crazy, but I, I was loving it while I was getting beat up. You know, it does not seek its own. And most of the time, you know, seeking its own when you're around people, you're hoping that they'll change. That's when you start seeking your own instead of seeking their will, their their life and what they need. Most of the time when you're looking at somebody critical, you're seeking your own will Instead of God's will, you're not seeking after the love of God. You're seeking after your own, your own will, which most of the time is completely wrong, is not provoked, thinks no evil. And I could not think evil about this guy. It was crazy. And uh, evidently, this guy was not thinking evil of me, even though he was cussing and ranting and raving. You know, he told me right off the bat that he liked me when I got out of the truck. But the way he expressed it was completely different than what we've been taught of how we, you know, supposed to express love. Because we're all different. We've all grown up in bad. We've grown up in bad environments. We've some of us have grown up in perfect environments. You know, you've never had a scratch on your skin, you know, and uh, but all of us show our love differently. But we've got to be able to look at it differently. We've got to be able to see each other's love differently just like the Lord does us, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, which that was crazy. I got so tickled when he said, you know, and I'm going to be at church. I'm a deacon. You know, it was Wednesday night. And, uh, and I was just laughing because I'd been bearing all this cussing and stuff. And I just busted out laughing when he said, I've got to be at church. And uh but bearing those things wasn't really a burden because love was was much bigger than, you know, my criticism and trying to, you know, think of woe is me. You know, I can't believe this guy's beat me up. You know, who cares if somebody beats you up? What me what really means uh, a lot more is that we love them more than worried about us getting beat up. If you do that, you won't feel the beatings. And I won't even get into that, but that's. That's a lot what the the Lord went through during his crucifixion. Love got him through. If if you read this again, you can see how he endured the crucifixion as well. His love for us did. But uh, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Endures all things. You know, somebody asked me the other day, when is he going to change? And I said, well, love endures all things, you know. But if you've got limits on the things you're enduring, you're really not completely loving. You're putting a limit on your love. And, man, that's a, that'll really make you cough up a demon. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, some of us, you know, even watching right now, you know, the the Lord's enduring your stuff, enduring my stuff. He's doing it every day. He's been doing it for eternity. You know, all of these things that are going on in the world right now, people getting raped right now, people getting killed right now, you know, uh, martyred right now. He's enduring all that pain. And, you know, we think we can, he can't feel it. We think that he can't feel that stuff. He can feel it. Because now we have a high priest that can sympathize with us. And he feels that stuff, so he endures it because he loves us so much and believes all things, hopes in all things, which reminds me, you know, when he's up there on the cross enduring the cross for us, he prays not for himself, he prays for us and he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Think about that. He's believing that we are good people. And that we're controlled, but we're controlled by an evil force. He's believing you're good even while you're criticizing him. He's believing that you're good while you're nailing somebody down and trying to manipulate them and put them in a place to where they're totally ostracized like Jesus was. He still believes in that person that's doing it. And uh, that's the way we've got to be. If we can get to that place where we're more in love uh, with his love for people, then our own love, there's no telling what we could do. So that's my story. And uh, of course, the last one, last part of that um, and verse eight says, love never fails. And it does not ever fail. Never fails. If you went all the way in love and endured somebody throughout the whole thing, you'd see that love would never fail. But most of the people in this world we have limits. We have real limits. And then when it, when you cut it off, you know, you gotta Christianize it and everything. You've got to have excuses for your limit of love for people. And uh thank God we have a, a God that has no limits of love for us, lest we'd be in trouble. We really would. This whole world would be in trouble. You know, this world is not even making it without him exuding his glory and his love toward us right now upon this earth. If he would if he would think about how bad we are, if he'd get a negative opinion about us and criticism, we'd all die because the river would dry. up. You know, the river that flows from the throne is, is flowing out, not in. So you get, in order for the water to keep coming out, he's got to be thinking the right way. He's got to be having this the the right nature for that stuff to come out. It's like being in love, man. That's all you can do is give out. It's so all you can do is just let the river flow out of you. You never think about keeping it for yourself. That's the way the Lord is. Well, I love you guys and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. hope you got something out of it. And uh, I'm still friends with that crazy hunter. He's he's an awesome guy, has a lot of pain in his body from professional sports and just pray for him, even though I'm not telling you his name. I'm sure if you prayed for him, he you know, the Lord would hear your prayer. So pray for us as well. We're <clears throat> we keep going after the Lord and the Lord keeps showing us different things, but we go through the same warfare as you do. Uh, we're all on that same level. We're all trying to follow the Lord. We're all trying to learn how to love. So let's give each other grace and let's try to find that incorruptible seed that's in us. Let's try to find that seed that's been planted in every man and let's start watering it. Look past your criticism towards someone. It's easy to find negativity because that's just, we're geared to that. We're geared to find negativity but can you imagine if your nature changed where you're geared to find love in someone instead of negativity? That would be awesome. We've got to have that. What we have been having, the way we have been doing it, it's not working. Discernment is finding God and uh, a nature of God in somebody, not finding evil. We were never called to know good and evil. We were called to know God and we've got to find God in everything, in everybody. And if we can find love in somebody we found God, and we can water that. And let God deliver them. Let God deliver them from that stuff. Because the more you water, man, that seed of love, it'll start growing like a tree, and it'll push everything out that is not of God. And sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes you've got to endure a long time to see that tree grow. I mean, it's like watching an oak tree grow. Nobody wants to do it. We want to pour miracle grow on it. We want to try to make it fast. And God's not like that. He's not like that at all. He enjoys watching it grow slowly. We need that. We've got to get to a point where we enjoy grow, watching each other grow slowly. Because, man, just being there for them and and watching them grow is enough. They need that. We all need each other. We all need help growing in this place called love. So, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget the uh, the old hunter this week. When you meet somebody you think is grumpy, look past the grumpiness and see the love. And then water that. Focus on that area, even though it may not be coming out. Focus on that area and watch how it makes you change, not the other person change. All right. Love you guys. All right. Talk to you later. God bless.